Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for any brand in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer joining you from... Vancouver, British Columbia, where tonight the Edmonton Oilers take on the Vancouver Canucks at Rogers Arena. Second hour of Oilers now brought to you by Digitex. Chad uses Digitex for their copiers and printers. Their services excellent. Hugh Porter, the gang at Digitex now in three provinces, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba. Some guests on our show received gift certificates from the Japanese Village. Don and his staff at Japanese Village. Three locations, downtown, south side, and north side. Reminder, you can uh, text us at 630-630 on our Westlock Ford text line. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford. Check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. In this hour, in 19 seconds time, Mark Spector. And uh, Corey Hirsch coming up at uh, 1.35 Edmonton time for a Canucks perspective as we head straight off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, uh, where River Cree has Larry the Cable Guy April 14th at the River Cree Resort Casino tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. Well, one guy who, uh, is he a grinder? Does he get her done on a regular basis? It's Mark Spector. We've all come back. Spec, Stoffer Inspector for HRA Live Racing, thoroughbred style, May 5th at Northlands Park. How are you doing, Spec? No, pretty good. Bobby, just uh, watching my Cubs with a handy little 6-4 lead in the seventh, so it's opening day in baseball. The guy's always happy about that, right? I'll never forget this. The Montreal Expos were in Chicago on opening day. And why do I think that... Um, I think Al Oliver hit a couple home runs for the Expos. Okay. Okay. And the Expos were blowing them out. And in the uh, the Beecher, uh, they're, they're called the Bleacher Bums, right? At Red yes. There was a sign. It was opening day. It said, wait till next year. <laughs> wait till next year or the first day of the season. Yeah. yeah. That, sounds like, that sounds like Wrigley Field to me. Yeah. So it was good stuff. Hey, yeah, uh, like Wrigley. we had some uh, debate. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because nobody saw Edmonton and Calgary beat in the position that, yep. th- that they're in. But the fact of the matter is... I think people did expect Vancouver to have some trials and tribulations this season. Oh, listen, everybody knew that Vancouver wasn't going to be very good. Um, and then what happens to them? They get a string of injuries. All their best guys go down. We live this in Edmonton, Bob. Yes. You know, remember those years? Edmonton kept getting all their best guys hurt. And the problem was you weren't a deep team or a good enough organization, and you had no one to replace them. And that's exactly what's happened in Vancouver. They were pretty good at the start of the year. Like, they were better than we thought when they, yep. had, all their, when they had all their guys. But when they lost a bunch of their main guys, Horvat and Sutter and now Besser and they have a very lengthy list of injuries, uh, and their goaltenders return to the mean, which is you know Markstrom and Nilsson to me are both backup goalies at best in the league, uh, and they're now they are where they are. They won a couple lately, but Vancouver sort of finished the season pretty much where we thought they'd be, right? Yes, yeah. Well, and uh, you know their uh, the numbers speak for themselves, Mark. Twenty seventh goals for, twenty seventh goals against, twenty ninth shots for, uh, twenty sixth in save percentage. By the way. 
Do you want to know what the Oilers are in save percentage? Twenty eighth. We didn't see that happen, and we nope. didn't see, we didn't see Edmonton thirty one on the power play, thirty first on the power play, and twenty ninth in PK. And coaches will good coaches will always accept responsibility for failures of special teams. That's an area where I think coaches think they can impact things. So on that note, we're watching Connor McDavid have a ridiculous season. And I know you saw the tweet because we had a brief discussion before the show today. McDavid likely to become the first player in the last 50 years. Like I only went back until the 66-67 or the 67-68 expansion year uh, yes. from 6 to 12 years. That's last, far enough. That's far, far enough. enough. <laughs> it proves the point. At no time in the 50 years since 1967-68 has the NHL had an Art Ross trophy winner playing a team that had the worst power play in the NHL. It's kind of hard to believe, isn't it? Well, there you go, and and that tells you how you know, a fabulous McDavid season been. I've been here, uh, or I, I was writing it yesterday and thinking to myself, you know, what if the power play was better? Would he have an extra? Would he have an extra twelve or thirteen points? I'd say an extra eight to ten for sure. For sure, he would have an extra eight to ten. I think that's fair comment. Like it's yeah. Right, it's, yeah. It's just, to me, that's the most, I don't know, I'd like to get, like, what's the most surprise? Maybe we'll ask our listeners this. Text us at 6.30, Did I, I think fans thought it was possible Talbot would have a bit of a regression this year because he played. He never played that many games before. Uh, the penalty kill wasn't good in the final 50 games last season. It dropped to 18th. But did anybody see a power play go from 5th to 31st? I sure in heck didn't spec. Yeah, no, there's no question, right? And to me, the whole, uh, you know, the, the lion's share of the issue, uh, to me, starts with Oscar Clefbaum not being healthy all year. They never had a shot from the point this year because he, he didn't give them one. Uh, and that's, you know, Oscar is frankly the counted on to be that number one guy that, you know, can one time a puck once in a while. Uh, Andre Sekra was the, is sort of the quarterback of the second unit, or certainly was last season. He didn't play all year, and when, now that he's back, he's not been that effective. Um, those are the one, two, and then of course Cam Talbot hadn't been that good in goal when it came to the PK. So uh, you know, those are really, to me, those are the biggest reasons why the special teams failed. But let's face it, everyone has to take blame here. You know, McDavid didn't figure out till halfway through the year to shoot the puck more. Uh, that certainly makes the power play more dangerous. Lucic hasn't been effective all season on the power play. That's not a coach's fault or a goalie's fault. That's Lucic's fault. So, you know, there's they've had a lot of ways to share the blame on these special teams for sure. I'm going to read a couple texts. This one from Dirty Mike and the Boys spec out in Newfoundland. He says, don't kid yourself, uh, Bob and Mark. Vancouver's litany of injuries is so they can get a higher draft pick. Sort of what the Oilers should be doing at this point, in my opinion. He goes on to say in the text, outside of the McDavid show and possibly tell, but there hasn't been much improvement. I really hope Leon plays much better next year. A 70-point second-line center is not an $8.5 million player in a cap world. Also, can you uh, explain to me why Lucic has seemingly mailed it in? Uh, does he want out? Well, I don't believe for a second Lucic wants out. I just think he's having an incredibly difficult year. But, Mark, uh, let's hit on a couple topics there. First of all, I know for uh, a fact you don't want the Oilers to mail it in in the final five games this year, do you? No, there's no absolutely nothing to be gained here. They've had enough high draft picks. They're still going to get a real good one. Uh, this team needs to figure out how to play winning hockey. It's been 12 years here with only one good season. So, no, no, there's no time now for intentionally lo- losing or, or tanking or anything. They've had those years. They're past now. 
Tiny Ted texts the show. He says, Bob, uh, 10 points or fewer or more on the power play if it was any good is an absurd undersell. Look at how many uh, less power play points he has this year than last year. Brendan, you have a, a duty. You have a task. At, can you uh, quickly look up power play totals last year to this year for McDavid in terms of power play points? With how much better McDavid has been this season, he would have easily been over 120 points right now if the power play had done anything. That comes to us from Tiny Ted. Well, that's 18 more points, Tiny Ted. I'm not sure that's the case. So it's interesting. And, and, Mark, I am with you. I am with you on uh, – on I don't want to see the team mail it in. I, I don't – I mean – you know, it's uh, it's it's an interesting situation, you know, with the hockey club in terms of moving forward here. So, I think it's important for uh, the orders to close the season the right way in the final five games. Oh, for sure, and and you know, there's a few things here you want. You'd like McDavid to win his win the Art Ross. He's on the on en route to that. Uh, you got five games left here. Uh, Talbot's game has been very strong up till the Columbus game. Uh, the team's defensive work has been very strong up to the Columbus game. You, you just, I know that it's only a moral victory, and we've had enough of those in the city. Believe me, I covered them all. But I want to say that, you know, at least you want to go in the summer saying, we got our game back, we know how to play, and when we show up next year, we're not still searching for it. You know, they couldn't find it in the first half of the season. They found it during stretches here in the second half. And I think this team needs to be able to go in the offseason saying, okay, we know how to play here. Uh, and then Shirella's got to get to work and address a couple of things. All right. So 27 start. last year, Bob. What's that? 27 last year. And Power play points. He has 18 what? this year. He's, so he's only got nine fewer. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. There, there you go. Uh, now, again, you... The, the, the thing about, if I can interrupt, Bob, the thing yes. about power play, when a power play is good, guys like McDavid get some free points. In fact, his second assist the other night came in a power play goal, did it not, against Columbus he, on the third yeah, goal? Yeah, and he just he lightly swept the puck over to drive right. side, made a terrific pass to right. Kajula. That's what you'd call, in my books, that's a bit of a free assist for McDavid. I'm not saying he doesn't earn his points, don't get me wrong, but he didn't have to do much for that point. And when your power play is good, guys get second assists that they didn't have to do a lot for. Uh, there's a lot of free points for a guy like McDavid on the power play, as well as goals and primary assists as well, don't get me wrong. So that this power play, and frankly the Edmonton Oilers' performance this year, is really the only reason the Hart Trophy race is wide open. If the Oilers were a 102-point team right now and the power play was good, it would be damn near unanimous that McDavid would win the trophy. Yeah, and we had the debate as to whether or not a player can... I mean, if Connor gets another 12 points here in the final five games, because he's got 13 points in the last five games, uh, and separates by 12 to 15 points, and if McKinnon misses the playoffs, and if Hall misses the playoffs, you know, maybe we're having a slightly different conversation. I'm not sure, but there's lots of good options. And just because you think one player is better than the other doesn't mean you don't like the other player. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the other thing. It's not a vote. I mean, that's something that fans get caught up in and, and we all get swept up in. It's not a vote against the player. You know, you, if you vote for Taylor Hall, you're not voting against McDavid, right? It's not, that's not how it works. And it's somehow, don't we get into that argument, Bob, where you're voting, it's not that you're voting for someone, but you're voting against someone else. And I don't like when we look at it like that. All right, this text comes in from Jay Speck. He says, uh, poor power play also shows a mediocre part of McDavid's game. 
you're allowed to inspect it to score on the power play. And this is what's crazy about the. I, I guess this is what I'm saying is crazy about the situation. I mean, 80 points at even strength. He's got 18 more even strength points than any other player in the league. So if they can get the power play even to 12th or 13th, which they were, Mark. Remember when McDavid was sick in Dallas? Uh, yeah. And you were down in Calgary covering the Western Final. They were 12th in the league on the power play after that game. That shows you how far they have plummeted. I mean, from because yeah, right. I mean, it, to go from 12th, like you could see going from 22nd to 31st, but to go from 12th to 31st shows you the significance of the drop off. But McDavid's going to improve in the power play in time. He's also going to get better in the faceoff circle, and I think you'd agree he's probably going to get better defensively as well because good people get better. That's just simply the way it is. Well, didn't we talk about how? You know, Wayne Gretzky came in the league as a, as a pure passer and at some point decided he's going to score some goals and before you know it, he was, you know, he was in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about this with McDavid and, and, you know, he was a 30 goal man last season and early this season, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not, there's not a lot of critiquing of McDavid's game here, but I think we'd all agree that he was forcing a lot of passes and he was passing the puck. Everyone on the other team knew he was going to pass it and he was still making that pass. And, you know, his game and the Oilers' game has opened up so much in the second half here that he's been shooting the puck. He's up to 40 goals, and it's a whole new look now. Like, it's not a, you know, that's why him and Nugent Hopkins, I think, work so well together, because both can shoot it and both can pass it. And on a two-on-one, you used to know it was going for Gretzky to Curry. Uh, with these two guys now, I don't know. Are they going to pass it? Are they going to shoot it? They're both effective in both areas. I think that's why they fit so well. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk a bit about coaching because we're getting texts coming in on coaching. And in a season like this, everybody gets something on them. That's the way it works. Uh, the manager gets questioned for some of the player personnel decisions. Uh, coaches get questioned when special teams aren't very good. Broadcasters get questioned for picking their team to win the Cup, even though virtually uh, a lot of people pick the orders to win the Western Conference this year. We'll have that conversation when we come back in orders. And uh, now, Stoffer Inspector. I'm in Vancouver. Mark's back at Edmonton. Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. Live racing, thoroughbred style, May 5th. It opens up at Northlands Park. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you again. Stoffer Inspector. Uh, Mark will join us in Studio Tuesday. Uh, we'll fly back from Minnesota uh, after the Oilers play their Monday night to end this three-game road trip. Last road trip of the year. Stopper inspector for horse racing Alberta. And they uh, get them fired up over at Northlands Park, thoroughbred racing starting May 5th. All right, Mark, we're going to talk about coaching. And I'm going to read you a couple texts. Um, this text comes in saying... Watching this year, uh, SS out of Vermilion, Alberta, says, I'm convinced that we have been 
outcoached in a vast majority of games. Uh, the coaching staff haven't fixed any of November's troubles five months later. Mediocre defense with bad coaching is a recipe for missing the playoffs. That's one text. And another text comes in saying, why is Jay Woodcroft not held accountable? We've been talking about the power play numbers. I've already stated it's my belief that, that coaches always accept, good coaches, accept responsibility for challenged special teams. Mark, care to provide some insight for us? <laughs> hey, well... I'll tell you what, when your special teams are as bad as the Oilers are, uh, absolutely the coaches need to take uh, responsibility to a large extent. You know, the Oilers, what, what can you say? To, to my, I'm, I always look at a lot of players who haven't performed, and I think they're the ones on the ice. But I'll tell you, they, hadn't, they haven't changed the look of that power play. They haven't found a way to get people to shoot pucks. They still pass that thing far too much. You know, there's been no edict. Let's get it to the net and follow up for rebounds. Let's score some sloppy goals. Uh, they've left it up to the players far too much, in my opinion. But I want to say this. Okay, we all agree. Uh, Woodcroft is in charge of the, you know, he's supposedly in charge of the power play and Jimmy Johnson, the penalty kill. But this is a team effort here. And don't yes. let, I'll tell you right now, don't let the head coach off the hook either. The head coach is in there. And, you know, the way I, I know how it works, the, the framework of a power play begins. You know, with a, an assistant coach with whom the head coach agrees, for one, and if it works real well, the head coach stays out of it. When it doesn't work, the head coach gets real involved in both the PK and the power play. So if, if Todd McClellan were in on this conversation, I guarantee you he'd be agreeing with me. If you're holding Woody's feet to the fire and Jim Johnson's feet to the fire, that's fair, but you better hold McClellan's feet to the fire, too. Oh, he'd, he'd want to take it on him. At, well, and, and he's protect. the head coach, man. Yeah, coach. I, I will say, Mark, they went from uh, you know the a four-one power play, four forwards, one D man, the drop off to McDavid to gain zone entry with that unit, um, and then a traditional one-three-one formation, you know, with a middle bumper roll. And after Paul Coffey appeared on the scene, and Paul has not been around a lot, I think that's important to say, uh, but they did go to a bit of a spread on the power play, and so they did try something different. And then they went back to the 1-3-1, and it didn't work effectively, and that's why they've gone to three forwards, two defense over the last couple games after two ugly power plays against Anaheim yeah. to open that game. So There's a few things going on here, you know. Yep. Uh, that that to me will improve it next season. For one, McDavid shoots the puck more. That that to me yeah. is the key. When Elliot Friedman, in I think it was like January, said quoted a Western Conference coach saying, "As soon as McDavid figures out to shoot the puck, we're all screwed." Uh, that was to me that told a, a pretty long tale. So that's one thing. If he shoots more, you're better. Uh, if Ethan Bear makes this team, and or if someone in his you know someone who could shoot it and wants to shoot it is on the power play, on the point. They need shots from the point. Sekera is not that guy, never gets it through. If Clefbaum is healthy and can play the point with an Ethan Bear or a reasonable facsimile, now i got points, uh, shots coming from both sides, which I like a lot more. Yeah, and, I, you know, eventually, and I'm, I don't think that it's time for everyone to just move aside and put Jesse Pugliarvi into top-line minutes, but eventually there should be a shot coming from that uh 
yep. left face-off dot as well, right? I could, I, frankly, Mark, I like Ethan Bear, but I, I don't think Edmonton can start with him on their, you I'm not know, saying he's a guy. I'm next not sure next year to start, I think he's, in two years he could be down that road, but I, I think they need mm-hmm. better than that in the immediate near future for the start of next season on the right well, side. And okay, if, let's say this. Hang on, Bob. Sorry to interrupt, but let's say this. Let's say you do improve on him. Let's say you find someone who you like better in yeah. that position on your first power play. I don't know, for what I've seen from Ethan Bear, I'm not positive that he can't continue his learning curve on the third pairing in Edmonton. Well, that's fair. Um, and but if you bring... If you, well, now, you, okay, so Mark, do the math here. You got uh, Nurse, Larson, Clefbaum, for the sake of argument right now, uh, that's slot, uh, Russell on the right side, Secker on the left, and Benning on the right. That's, that's six, six defense. Guys. Now you got now you got Bear, and now you're saying you're getting another uh, right shot guy to upgrade. Eight off. Guy, right? That's eight guys. Well, that's a lot of guys. So, well, it's an okay, in- if my defense wasn't good enough this year, can I come back with better? Six of the yes, main guys. Yes, you can. You can. You can. Absolutely. But what you could do is if you got a right shot first unit power play guy from as a point man, uh, you could have McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent, Hopkins as three of the forwards on that unit, and then you could have Clefbaum on the second unit with Strom running it from the opposite side, a right shot guy running the power play off the half, board, half boards with Clefbaum a left shot on the opposite side. So there you have. Hey, Mark, I just I'm, I, we got to cut. We, we're with 30 seconds left, but I'm going to make you laugh, all right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Wiener has texted us from St. Paul. He says, just a thought, is it just a coincidence that last year the Oilers were successful and this year the Jets are, and the only difference is Matt Hendricks? Oh. We all love Matt Hendricks. I think Connor Hellebuck has played a factor in that, and I never thought Winnipeg was as bad as the record was last year, and guess what? I don't like the Oilers are as bad as the record indicates this year. Spack, no. we'll, see you. we'll see you on Tuesday, okay? All right, Bobby, thanks for having me. Thank you, Mark. That's uh, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. We will go to a 630 Chad News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell back with Corey Hirsch.